Listen, I, I quit therapy. And this time, I'm never going back. Except for that slight improvement around the shooting. She wasn't doing you much good anyway. It was all her fault. Welcome, my friends, to Cut to Black, a Sopranos sit-down. My name is Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every single episode of The Sopranos. My name's Jacob Burrows, and I've seen all but one <laughs> episodes of The Sopranos. Oh, exciting. That's a shiver down my <laughs> spine. This one, though, uh, is called Blue Comet. It's episode 20, season 6, the penultimate episode. Jim, who put this episode together? This episode was written by series creator and showrunner David Chase uh, with the help of Matthew Weiner, also directed by Alan Taylor. Uh, Sopranos name stays, names we've heard many a times. Um, I do believe they say, what, this was Chase's 29th writing credit. I mean, also the creator of the show. Uh, this is Matthew Weiner's 12th and final. Um, I'm not sure how many episodes uh, Taylor directed. Although reading about it, it sounds like, you know, not to take anything away from Alan Taylor, but it sounds like David Chase would sit him down and be like, all right, we're going to do this, 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 and this. All right, go. Do, I mean, maybe that's just general for TV when, when you have a showrunner uh, mm -hmm. where you got to keep the tones and the look and everything, like especially something like The Sopranos doesn't have wildly different stylistic choices. But yeah. uh, it does seem like David Chase has got his hand in everything. It looks like he directed nine episodes, uh, the first yes. one being Pax Soprana. But then there was a sort of break, and he came in and did one in season four, one in five, and then, like, loads and loads here in, in season six. Yes. And, um, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting down to the end. Um, so we got some action now. Uh, we got some mob yeah. action. Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied I've been now? I'm fucking waiting, <laughs> sitting through this bullshit, Jim, doing this shit podcast, waiting for some fucking people to get got. And finally it happens, penultimate episode. Bit late, bit late if you're asking me. Yes. Um, I jest. Yeah, I like The Sopranos just the way it is. Uh, did I? Yes, I did text you this one as well, right? Cause, you did, uh, yes. Yeah, because I've been sending messages, I, live reactions at times, and this one was just, fuck me. This episode, Jim, fuck me. And I sent the screenshot of... Uh, AJ saying, this is really depressing to me. <laughs> Which is great because now I have that saved in my phone because that's just a good just meme image to use as response to things. It's just I accidentally set it as my desktop background. And guess what? <laughs> I haven't changed it since. So I'm still in that mood. <laughs> and uh, well, yeah, before we get into the episode, we did get an email. Uh, you can send an email to shows which you know show at gmail.com uh, from Brad here. I heard your recent talk about Tony Soprano doing peyote with the hottest woman on the show. Um, I, I I don't know if we deemed that, but I mean, I guess yeah, she's she's one of the hottest women on the show. Was uh, when I think so at least. Yes. Yeah, uh, I've done peyote before too. I was out in the mountains in Colorado. It lasted around thirty six hours. One of the last things you want to do is be in a casino. Too many people, too loud, too many lights. <laughs> I know it's just a TV show, but Tony would have killed himself if he had hallucinations for 36 hours. I really love the podcast, and I've listened to every episode. Keep up the great work, guys. Uh, always nice to hear some uh, personal experiences to what we're seeing on the show. And sure. I, guess, I guess it would make sense uh, that it could last. I mean, when you eat 
some like I mean, obviously, there's a lot of drugs. What like uh, I mean, drugs on the show, whether he's smoking weed or shooting up heroin or smoking crack or whatever. But all, all equivalent to yeah. me, Jim. <laughs> yeah, but all uh, illegal and should be just destroy all the drugs. <laughs> Go on. Well, when you eat like an edible, whether it be I guess peyote, which I've never done, but if you've eaten like marijuana edibles, it it does have a different effect and can last in your system for a longer time because it is like, you know, you're digesting it. It's going through your body. So I guess 36 hours. Um, So, yeah, interesting take. I I do think, I mean, Tony, I think everyone's trip is going to be a little different. To Tony, he doesn't want to be in the mountains of Colorado. He wants to be in that hell casino because he's going to think he's in heaven for some reason. Uh, but anyways, well, yeah. Well, and especially when he went, uh, though he did seem to enjoy it better when he was out looking at the sun and, and that very and flashed true. and all this. Though, and I'm still impressed that they drove there. I don't know if I mentioned, but like, oh yes. was just there, and I'm like, okay, I guess they just drove there. Great shout. Um, yeah, uh, I can't imagine a lot of drugs that would be great for your casino times. I guess except uh, coke. And the wonderful drug of alcohol. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, very yeah, in general, like, all the flashing lights and stuff, I find yeah. it a bit much when I'm not on loads of drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very stimulating. Uh, I do want to call out real quick at the top of the show, and I mean, we'll probably mention it at the end of this episode as well, that um, the next episode, before we discuss the finale, we will revisit the pilot. So mm. we'll be discussing the pilot next and then getting into the finale. So. Just a nice little uh, bonus for you, I'd say, where we want to take a look at the beginning before we get to the end. And, you know, like we had mentioned in uh, previous episodes, we'll still probably be doing other things, like whether it be revisiting certain episodes or I think we might want to take a look at some of the other works of David Chase, James Gandolfini, gangster movies in general, or things that kind of Sopranos adjacent and maybe discuss them in relation to the Sopranos. So you ain't getting rid of us quite yet. Uh, but yes, it's very exciting that we're so close to the finale. Yeah, it obviously won't be a weekly thing. Yes. To be fair, some listeners might say, is it even now a weekly thing? Yeah. Fair. Okay, we've had a couple of breaks. Get <laughs> off our back. Um, but <laughs> but we will definitely pop some things in here from time to time in this uh, podcast feed. So don't, don't go uh, scrubbing your podcatcher just yet. Keep us on there. See what might come at you. See what you might enjoy. But anyway, let's and, get uh, into this episode, Jim. There's oh, oh, oh sorry, one one other quick thing. Um, sure. Uh, I do want to. Uh, Kyle had tweeted at us. Uh, shoutouts to Kyle, and he did say, um, "Where was it? We got to find our next re- rewatch, though, because we're almost done." So I do welcome you, Kyle, for whatever we go in the future. Come along for the ride with us, and you, uh, you, uh, dear listener, also. Or if you have suggestions. Things shows that we should get into. Um, either shoot us a review on Cut to Black or send us an email at shows what you know show at gmail.com. Absolutely. And you can always find more uh, coverage and all sorts of rides at shows what you know.com. So, smaller rides, most of them, where mm-hmm. we discuss uh, a show with just an episode or two. But, you know, we cover things like uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and The Stranger Things and game of thrones but we don't talk about game of thrones anymore because nobody <laughs> does and nobody likes it but we you know it's there if you want to revisit it so lots of stuff going on but jim i am eager to get into this episode yes yes let's get down to it uh it opens with a good old whacking right we haven't seen one of those in a while i guess maybe we have seen some 
No, it's it's true, and I will say this: the amount of times that The Sopranos has made me double check that I'm on the right episode, um, <laughs> it's just you know tried and true method of dropping you in the middle of something. Um, but like to this point, I'm like, who's this guy? What's happening? Why is Silvio killing this guy? Like, yes. I'm guessing that I'm supposed to have that feeling of like I'm supposed to put the pieces together, and I'm pretty much do. Like, I just assume this is a guy who's too friendly with new york or whatever uh but still i have that moment which is always great because it means that the show is trusting you to jump a step further than you expect it to and for you to keep up yeah yeah and i was reading about the uh production of this episode they do mention that there's a deleted scene where this guy is more like properly introduced i mean there's a Mm -hmm. line later on where like when he when silvio goes to tony and he does mention that he was getting too close to new york but I guess there was more of a thing about how this guy was trying to recruit Silvio because he was also basically feeding information to New York. But they're like, ah, fuck it. We'll just drop right in. And yeah, just just ha- like trust the audience to go with it. And you'll pick up yeah. the context later on as the episode continues. Yeah. Um, and as far as like openings, it starts with that. And then immediately we have the meeting with Phil and is to, I guess, his number two and number three in the same way that Syl and Bobby are Tony's number two and three. And he talks through what they're going to do about the glorified crew. And I love that one of his objections is like, when they, ma- when they make someone over there, they don't even have like a sword and scepter or whatever the fuck. <laughs> That's his objection. Like, they don't want no respect for the rules. And I, I um, don't have confirmation on this, but I imagine it's very similar to... There's that there's like the Sopranos tale of how a real mafia Don mentioned to one of the writers or David Chase or something because they saw that Tony was wearing shorts in one of the episodes yeah. and he's like a Don doesn't wear shorts and they use that line in the show. I feel like they'd had that Christopher episode where it showed him getting made and someone who was really and it's like, ah, man, this is all wrong. And then they were like, let's work that in. Uh, it's even a thing that New York thinks is lame. I mean, again, I don't have confirmation, but I just have a feeling that maybe that's from a real place somewhere. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're doing a bit of arguing about what to do. And, and Phil says, you know, forget this and forget that. Where It's still like Anthony Soprano has no respect for this thing. And they're saying, like, take up take out management and they'll just absorb the whole thing. And I guess the weird thing is where we've been with the Sopranos uh, for so long that it's like, maybe they are just a glorified crew. What will happen if these guys are taken out? Like we've seen so many characters drop anyway, that basically if Bobby, Sill and Tony are gone, I don't feel like there's loads of characters with enormous loyalty to them or are just going to go, no, fuck it. Yeah. So maybe they're right. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause Chris is already gone. Um, cause I mean, he, not that he was like management, but he would have been like a wild, a wild card. Uh, cause even, you know, despite Chris's troubles being a junkie, he was always ready to get the Scarface final scene, fucking bazookas under each shoulder. He would, he would be a liability. Polly, you yep. do have to imagine Polly's loyal, but yeah, if they were just gone, he would also think about his survival uh he would probably fall in line so yeah it does make sense uh a a quote from this scene that people bring up a lot like just in sopranos like reddit and facebook and stuff is when phil says uh i'm gonna say a couple of three things (laughs) just a fun (laughs) phil thing that he says let me tell you a couple of three things (laughs) yeah i like his line uh that's like 
There's five fucking families, and then we got this other pygmy thing over in Jersey. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still, like, trying to understand what he means. I guess it's small. It's a small thing, so no. And he also says there's no scraps in my scrapbook. He has a lot of lines in this <laughs> oh, scene. That's great. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Now they come to a. Do they say here they're going to take them all out within 24 hours or whatever? They we have this set up, right? I believe so. Yeah. I mean, he does mention he does mention kind of like where Phil's coming from does make sense because he brings up kind of these past misgivings by the Soprano or I guess they're the DeMeo crime family technically, um, yeah. because what we had Fat Dom who Silvio and Carlo stabbed to death and then made him disappear. Then, well, before right. that, of course, was Phil's brother, Billy, which was handled, but, you know, not handled to his liking. Um, Tony wouldn't yeah. give up his cousin. And then, of course, we had Coco not too long ago. Uh, so, you know, things have been brewing. And, yeah, I do believe it's I mean, there's still kind of a question because there's that one guy who I don't know his name. And he's just kind of like, ah, you know, war. What are you talking about? What are we going to do? Take out a boss. You serious? Yeah. But, of course, Butchie, because he's the new Phil, and Phil was the new Johnny, and so on. So, of course, Butchie's like, let's do it. We're going to go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, starting another storyline for this episode, we have AJ in his recovery place in the hospital, um, uh, which is basically the set of it's kind of a funny story where they have a quirky romance in like the mental ward, which is what they're having here now because he goes up to this girl and asks if he sh she still hangs out with Hernan. So I guess she may have been around there or yeah. I, don't, I don't know if she was actually on the show or not, but maybe she was one of the ones saying silly things about his dad or whatever. Or maybe not. Yeah, I can't remember either. I it, I assume it's prop. She probably wasn't in those scenes. Um, and one thing I want to say is like, I think this show we've been very pro AJ. Uh, in you know, in comparison, especially to a lot of Sopranos opinions uh, and podcast discussions, whatever. But I am kind of in agreement at this point when there's only two episodes left. I'm not interested in AJ meeting a new girl. Like, if it feels so late for something like this to kind of happen. Um, and again, I, I don't even really remember where this goes or what the payoff is, so I am in new ground. But my initial thought watching this, I'm like, ah, come on, man. Things are heating up. Although, it's, uh, But also, I should be trained at this point because this is very Sopranos to be like, ooh, war's brewing, New York, remember? We've been doing this for three years. What if, what's AJ up to? What's Who's this girl he's meeting? Let's learn about her. To be fair, Jim, I just looked it up, and this girl has been in several episodes, Johnny Cakes and Cold Stones. <laughs> right. We saw this character in before. Uh, but, yeah, I, I still see where you're coming from. They have a little little flirtatious conversation there, and Tony and Carmilla come on in. Tony's hemming and hawing over the bill, and... Yeah, I think that pretty much they're looking in and seeing him at least playing some video game with this girl. So I guess that makes Tony feel maybe a little bit better about spending uh, 2200 a fucking day. That's insane. That's insanity. I don't know. All of your U.S. like media, it's always like I'm not able to tell, Jim, like because for <laughs> hospitals, it seems like if you break a leg you are dead not from the leg but from financial bankruptcy yeah. this is not the case yeah that seems to be that seems to be and it's only getting worse but okay cool let's get back to the sopranos <laughs> well, let's get political jim it's an election year and we need to have these discussions <laughs> right um 
20 yeah again no no frame of reference for it because everything just seems to cost based on movies and television it's just like yeah thousands and thousands of dollars and people don't get an ambulance because um they would just be ruined so that's fun anyway well yeah i mean yeah. and i guess it ties in because what uh it's very similar to uh, later on when Janice shows up because Junior's money is running out and mm. he's because you have this facility that AJ is privileged enough to be in that is $2,200 a day. But uh, if you're not that well off and can afford that, you can go to a shitty state run um, place somewhere where it's, you know, not going to be as nice, not going to be as let's let's chill and have a meet cute with a, a girl from your neighborhood. Uh, yeah. so, you know, see how that goes. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, speaking of meet cutes, um, <laughs> the next scene here, we have Tony meeting up with agent Harris, um, who gives him a little warning after again, another bit of hemming and hawing. He definitely hesitates. I feel like agent Harris went there to share this information. Yeah. Uh, and then like, I, I don't remember the exact conversation there, but, uh, he mentioned yeah. something about like didn't we, we used you guys to uh was it during like World War Two or something? So, like something about like using the mafia. Uh like it's kinda like a passive aggressive like it's it's annoys Tony because then he just goes and gets his gabagool and kinda I mean I don't want to call it a storm out because you'd have to leave that facility, so I wouldn't put it on the board. Uh yeah. but he leaves with his gabagool and then yeah, Agent Harris. I, I agree. I think he went there to give this tip, but I guess he's still kind of conflicted. Am I helping a criminal? Is he the new Melfi? Is there going to be another season? <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> uh, but yes, he does give him a tip that, you know, there's some rumblings. This thing with New York could be back on. Uh, and I always, I like this partnership that they have. Uh, yeah. This like almost quasi friendship. Yeah, it's uh, not what you'd expect early on in the show. Um, and uh, Tony's upset enough to dump his whole bag of gabagool, which after six seasons, I still have no idea what that is, Jim. But he gets rid of it anyway. Oh, you don't know gabagool? It's capicola. No. I don't know what that is either. Uh, it's just like a, um, it's like a slice, like a deli meat. Uh, okay. Yeah, right, I'm cure. with you on the okay. I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah. Gabagool, Capicola, yeah. but he got it on a sandwich, right? Is it a sandwich? Yeah, he did get? get a sandwich. Yeah, he got himself a good okay. old sandwich. No, not only do I did I not know what that was to the point where when he said Gabagool, can I have some Gabagool? I was like, oh yeah, that's not just a word we say, and it's fun. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I I just thought it was a fun word. But okay, let's move on. Um, yeah, so Tony's understandably a little bit uh, rattled. I'm guessing the next scene's got to be when he. Yeah, Syl comes to him and tells him what's going on, right? And... Yeah, he tells him about, I guess, Bert is the guy that he killed. And mm. Bert was trying to sway guys to the new management. Um, and what, he wants him to get Bobby because they got to hit first. And, you know, this is usually, this is almost, I mean, I think they kind of point this out in the Soprano session. It kind of points out... Uh, or it makes Phil's point in a way because they completely bumble this. Like, it's it's a complete failure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it does make the Sopranos crew look like, well, uh, yeah, basically a glorified crew, not a family. Uh, because, you know, the the idea is right. Like, all right, well, they're going to come for us. Well, we're going to get them first. Let's get our top guys together. And it doesn't yeah. work out very well. 
Yeah, because Tony reverts back to this plan of like getting someone over from the old country, where last yeah. time the guy you brought over from the old country almost pushed you in a propeller and fucked your wife. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, let's do that again. <laughs> you just narrowly avoided that outcome. Um, in this scene, I have to say, Jim, halfway through, I'm, I'm, I'm still for a second like, when's Chris going to roll through? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Fucking old habits, man. I still expect Chris to come in. And then I'm like, oh, no, that is never happening again. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Oopsie. Um, and, yeah, I'd say at the start of the scene, Tony's kind of trying to downplay. Or, I mean, he's talking about, like, AJ's spills still. He does, doesn't doesn't want to talk about this serious stuff. But still bringing this up, as he says, it, it dovetails with some other information that he's gotten. Um, so it's basically all confirmed. And they do a cut. That is kind of uh, interesting where they're just talking about Phil and then they cut to uh, the restaurant later and they're talking about how they got to hit first and that. Um, and yeah, and, the, the rest, yeah. then the music from, I mean, I know it's probably other music, but as I know it and as Tony knows it from the way he reacts, it's the music from Raging Bull because yeah. they start <laughs> slow motion shadow boxing. I mean, yeah. it's fun. Like, this would be this is a great moment if they're victorious, but it's almost like yeah we we did it you know and uh, very premature here. It's just and it, it is a fun way to end this scene. I feel like it's a, a way to say goodbye to these characters as well. <laughs> yeah. You know we're getting to that point and uh, yeah it's kind of like showing that they're good friends too and not just talking about business or whatever and. It kind of helps take folks away from as well, like Bobby and Tony's fights. Like they're very casual here, oh, yeah. and like Silvio and Tony, they've not like Tony. Silvio's just been telling Tony news that he doesn't want to hear for the past three seasons. I feel so. It's nice to give them just a little fun moment instead yeah. of all this heavy shit. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I guess this is. And then we got back to New York, and this is where they're kind of laying out the full plan here. Uh, yes, three pops. Uh, someone says like, what about Polly? But they say not him. Right now. Yes. It, it, I guess it's kind of more of an offhand, like, yeah, who cares? He's not important enough or they just know that if it shakes out to their plan, he won't be a problem. They say like, no, no management. Um, yeah, okay. cause they say, or hit the top three guys, Tony Soprano. And they're all, they're kind of surprised that Bobby would be third, uh, or someone is. And the other, I think, he says, like, so what? You used to be uh, sell laser printers or whatever as well, because Bobby used to be Junior's driver. Yeah. But it is interesting how Bobby's come along. Uh, too bad this is the end of the road, or should I say track? Uh, we'll yeah. get into it. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is the equivalent scene. So we have two like opposing scenes racking up the tension of this is what's being planned in Soprano camp, and this is New York camp. Um, and obviously they can't all succeed. So, yeah. We're, uh, we're moving on and back at the Soprano house where AJ's back home now. And he's kind of back to watching depressing news. It uh, doesn't seem fully okay. Uh, Carmilla hit his, from this? Carmilla hit his belt because it's oh, yeah. like, you know, he's suicidal. <laughs> it's like he's a prisoner. Yeah. You don't want to find yeah. him hanging, hanging in his uh, closet from his belt. And it's Meadows probably the right out. thing to do, but wouldn't it also be the right thing to do th to say like, yeah, no, your belt's not there instead of saying it must be up there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Act like they're just trying to pretend like everything's okay, but you know, it's clearly it's not. And yeah, he just turns on PBS and it's just war depressing stuff on the news. So who knows? Who knows where that's going to go? Uh, but then we have um, Tony 
Uh, okay, yeah, this again, you know, call Italy. Let's get some cousins over. You know, things are still brewing. They're still heating up. Who's going to hit first? Who's going to come out victorious? And then we're back at at, at a Melfi uh, dinner. We haven't seen Melfi in her personal life in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the study that, uh, what's his name again? Why do I forget? Uh, Elliot? Elliot, yeah. Yeah, Elliot brought up the study last episode, and the study's brought up here, and Melfi basically takes on the character of the audience, or at least of myself, and goes, can we never talk about anything the fuck else, Elliot? <laughs> uh, or just in general? like, Because uh, like, I imagine Melfi going about her life and things happening in it that are like thematically relevant, uh, that are not related to Tony Soprano, like directly, yeah. that could like be linked by theme or whatever. It feels like all of her scenes outside of therapy are just directly talking about Tony Soprano. And this might be a reaction, I don't know, from the writers, because I swear there were scenes like that in the first couple of seasons where we were seeing more of what, what what's Melfi up to, and everyone hated it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so I guess that's why they can never talk about anything else. But uh, Elliot's a real cunt in this scene anyway. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, you know, it's like a, a pompous intervention, and then he basically does just, like, out uh, her patient... Like, I guess the gloves are off now because he, he tries to be all, like, um, witty about it. What he's like, does it like a, a Jeopardy, uh, like, a, oh, a, a lead belly slash uh, opera singer or whatever the fuck he says. And they're like, Tony Soprano, because usually it's always, like, talking around it, patient X. But I guess he mean does he mean well? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's what's there to be well meaning here? I mean, he he's read this study, or this other person's read this study, or whatever, and he's read. I I don't even know. I don't know who these people are, Jim. But there's this study, right? And it's gonna make Melfi go crazy and kick Tony out. Uh, so he really needs to get it in front of her. I guess is the point of this uh, scene. But I I feel like that's. Like, he literally breaches doctor-patient confidentiality yes. there, and that's, like, illegal, but his his uh, argument is, ah, oh, come on, we're all professionals here. Yeah. Like, this is like a little conference. It's not like we're actually... like I, I don't know. I'm so annoyed with Elliot, uh, but I guess he's not going to be in the show anymore, probably, because there's <laughs> just one episode left, so he had to go out on a high note. And, um, yeah, I think they... Then there's, what, the line, like, all Italians have big noses... Yes. And then she's like, you know, you know, kind of a common thing you even hear now still. Like, oh, if I said that about some other, you know, group, that'd be a big deal. And they're like, well, no, no, I mean, like, wine. Like, they're, <laughs> they can. Nope. But I, I genuinely believe that that's what the person meant, though, when you yeah. say talking about an Italian wine. Because, you know, talking about how wine is on the nose or whatever is a thing I've heard. So yeah. I'm like, oh, did Melfi just fuck up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, things are heating up. I mean,. I do th feel like this is a bit clumsy, um, just yeah. in general, the way even when he initially brings up the article to then bringing it up again here, at least he had his big water bottle before. Yes. Uh, I wish he had it still at this dinner, which would be great. Uh, it's a bit clumsy. It does make sense. I do wish maybe there was just a little bit more seeds and maybe this kind of was like building up over episodes. But then again... I can't see where else you would fit it in. So I guess I, I understand. It's like they have this therapy thing. The show's going to end. Uh, how are we going to come to a head here with therapy? The payoff, yeah. the payoff scene 
when they have assumingly their last session, I think is almost worth it. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just, a, it is a little bizarre the way, and even outside of just the, every time we see her outside of her life, they're talking about Tony Soprano. Uh, it just feels like it's very shoehorned in. Yeah. It's, I mean, this scene is here to bring Melfi to the point where she needs to get to. And that is where I would agree that it's a bit clumsy. That scene in itself is good. Um, but, and yeah, they could have maybe spaced it out a bit more, but like, we haven't checked in with Melfi in so long that I don't know how that would have worked either. Yes. Um, so the next couple of scenes are like, it's uh, the whole the whole Soprano hit being organized with um, Polly being brought in and, and getting very aggro towards Bobby. And then we intercut and sort of see Melfi reading this criminal personality with lots of really close-up shots of things that seem to relate a lot to Tony. And... Uh, then sort of cut to this mission being delegated step by step and it's like a game of telephone how things get further and further away uh which is good for insulating yourself i suppose legally uh but bad in that it just gets totally fucked up because the people doing it have no idea what they're doing yeah and also like Polly seem i mean i guess there's kind of no choice if you're already targeted but you know, Polly seems pretty smart about this where he's like, because he remembers, you know, he mentions what I got. I got through the 70s by the skin of my balls uh, or whatever, I guess, referencing past, you know, the mob wars. And I mean, we've heard other characters kind of mention like it's not good for business, not good for money. Obviously, you want to avoid this, but I guess there is kind of no choice. But yeah, Polly's not happy. He doesn't want to be involved in this shit. Yeah, and also he's always been a little close with the New York, hasn't he? Always yeah. been a bit friendly. How did he hear about that joke, eh? Hey, Polly. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, let's get into it. Let's go on a boat trip. Um, but yeah, he says that it might get uh, out of control, and uh, leaves it at that, and passes it off to what's his name, Patsy or whoever, and then they get the drug addict guy. Yeah, he used to do drugs with, which is with uh, Chris. <laughs> Already, like, an immediate red flag of, like, oh, no, this guy's involved. Because yeah. it's, like, he's the only guy they know that speaks Italian. So they yes. bring him in <laughs> to bring in the cousins. And I don't – I didn't double check. Are these the same guys that had the watch and all that that came in before to to do Not the sure. hit that they had? Could be. Not sure, though. Yeah, I, I should have checked. Um, but before we get to the botched hit, we have the actual potential last therapy scene where Melfi is coming in with a lot of snark, a lot of sarcasm, a lot of like, oh. <laughs> yeah, which is not great. Um, even if you've decided to end a professional relationship in the therapy sense, it's still like she, you really lose a, a lot of respect for Melfi here, right? You gotta. Yes and no, because I feel like with the time she's put in, she kind of has earned this moment. I mean, she's doing it, obviously, in a passive-aggressive way, but, you know, she feels manipulated. Uh, and as she brings up, like, you know, you don't respect what I do or the science that I support. Um, I mean, I guess getting into the actual history, you know, we we delved into how she kept him around to feel safe. You know, she was going to end it long ago. Uh, but then, of course, the you know, the rape happened, and it was this this safety net that Tony was around in that option. Um, I, I don't, I don't remember it like that at all because you know, the episode very clearly showed that she would not do that. And I don't, 
have, no, no, I never got the feeling. No, I'm sorry. You misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it wasn't an actual option she would take, but remember, she just liked the idea of it. Not that I'm saying sure. she would ever, that she would ever tell him, but I remember she yeah. talked about her dream and how he was kind of like the guard dog or whatever. And because mm-hmm. like the whole thing was she was going to basically refer him to someone else and stop uh, seeing him professionally. But when that happened and she, it was like a trauma, traumatic experience. Like she talked about how, like just the fact that he would be there, it was like a weird, made her feel kind of safer for some reason. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying. Like she's, she's very snippy. And then she kind of brings up this magazine thing, which I kind of love that detail. Cause it is, you know, uh, a, a micro version of Tony, not giving a fuck about anyone else. And I like that we do. We know these are real things Tony's talking about because he's talking about AJ still in his depression and, you know, how he feels about Meadow uh, going into uh, law instead of being a doctor and how that was something he wanted. But seeing it through Melfi's eyes, it starts to come off as like, is he playing a character? Does he feel these things? Uh, you know, at the very least, outside of the study. She has been asking him the question, like, you know, what do you get out of this? And she has already been feeling that maybe not wasting her time, but where is this going? Because they've kind of broached the subject a few times within the past few episodes. Yeah, you said uh, sort of yes and no to if one would uh, maybe, you know, think less of Melfi for how she's acting here. And I think this might be the one reason I think it would have been good to have a bit more of Melfi and where she's at instead of just having the study because to me it seems really shallow that she just reads this study yeah. and she's like AJ just watching the news and suddenly all she can talk about is Lebanon or whatever <laughs> Yeah, and true. she's read this study and like oh my god it like totally matches <laughs> setting aside the six years of experience and there have been definite actual breakthroughs but she just all of that goes to the side because she reads some really close up words uh, which again I I do like this scene, but maybe there needed to be a bit more to build up this frustration within her instead. But yeah, that, this is basically where she's at. I, I felt that if she was at that point, she could have said, you know, started with the I'll refer you to someone else instead of letting the therapy well, continue and then sort of be a bit snippy throughout. Could the argument be made, though, that this is the only way to get Tony Soprano to not come back? Like if, you know, if she just tried to do the thing, the professional thing of not that I feel like that she's knowingly doing that. It's not like, you know, oh, in movies where to protect your friend, you have to be a dick to him type deal where it's like, she's hey, throwing I, rocks at the dog of Tony yeah, yeah, in her dream go, is what you're saying. Yeah, just go dog. get out of here, you know, but yeah. I, I guess maybe there's an element of, you know, this is the main way to really get him to leave is you kind of have to be Tony Soprano to him in a way. Uh, the way I could read that is that more less about him and more about her. She's been very beating around the bush about the whole thing, about like wanting to be his therapist and not and yeah. frustrations and everything. So this would be a way for her to ensure that, you know, she's she actually closes that door for good. Uh, because if she just canceled and said, sorry, I'll have to refer you to someone else, uh, 
you know, maybe like I'd say the reason she should stop being his therapist is the way she's acting in yeah. this session <laughs> sure. rather than yeah. all the other stuff because she's not able to do it anymore competently. So maybe she should have maybe that's how the scene could have ended instead of like just, you know, throwing words at each other like, oh, I'm I've lost all <laughs> like I've lost all professionality in this. So you need to well, see someone else. I mean, and also kind of the build up to this too, has been Tony talking about how he's quitting therapy. Uh, yeah. In the previous few episodes, he's like, yeah, I came here to quit. I don't, you know, this is not like, uh, I don't want to do this. But then of course the AJ thing happened. So is there also just a version of Tony where very similar to what Melfi had said to Tony a long time ago about his marriage is like she might leave you, but you'll never leave her. Uh, there's always yeah. gonna be an AJ committing suicide that's gonna keep Tony in therapy. Uh, but we do just need to call up that he's gonna chalk this all up to female menopausal situations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that could also be it. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a great way to end the. Her, like, I don't know, to, to, like we said, there that's it becomes more of a verbal sort of sparring thing, even if even if he genuinely doesn't mean it that way, it's a big fuck you from him. But also, is this almost similar to later on? Like, we, we mentioned how you know you sent me that screen grab of AJ when he's like, This is very depressing to me, and even though I don't feel like he's lying, I feel like I'm like. Yes, Tony, grab this motherfucker, throw him around because I feel like he's being so selfish about it. Mm -hmm. uh, like, because he's making it about himself. And I don't know what jumping around, but like after Bobby dies, he's making it about himself. So, yeah. in a weird way, it's similar to Tony here when he's just always complaining. But then again, if you're a therapist, you're supposed to be able to deal with that. But it's like, oh, this guy is always fucking complaining. He won't <laughs> shut up. You're saying that Melfi is the Tony in this situation, yeah. and he's rattling around Tony like AJ, like Tony rattles AJ later. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that's possible. Uh, but either way, the important thing is he puts the recipe back. Or yes. no, does he not? Yes, he does. He does With a little flourish. Back. I love his hand movements as ah. he's sort of daintily putting it in and walking <laughs> off. And I also got to call out, there's like two doors in between there. And the edit at the end is kind of Melfi's in one door and it cuts and she's closing the other door. I'm pretty sure because uh, I watched it a couple of times and it's it felt a little bit jarring, but it's a little jump cutty. But it's also it goes with the whole pace of the episode, which like we've been talking about it for 40 minutes and we're not even a half an hour in because there's so much going on. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you got to go for the, the symbolic door close. And I was almost debating on this is a storm out, but it's not a storm out because he's kicked out. Correct. Yeah. But for old time's sake, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like it's not going to catch up. I feel like does she tell him to leave? Actually, uh, good question. Does she tell him to leave? Well, she does stand up, I'm pretty sure, before he stands up. Uh, she talks about how he doesn't respect the body of work, building up the science. She does go and open the door. Now. So she is kind of basically telling him to leave because she walks over to the door and opens it. Oh, so what you're saying is that Melfi storms out. This, You know what? For <laughs> as much as you can storm out of your own office, I'm going to allow that. And yeah, I feel yeah like... we're going to allow that. <laughs> I feel I like I hear that sounder one last time, Jim. <laughs> I feel like let me pull up the old counter here because we got ourselves. Fuck you. Oh wait, hold on. I need the audio up on that. Sorry, sorry, people. Let me fix that. Sorry. Right. Fuck you.
So yeah, let's get it up on 18 on the storm out uh, board, 76 on the death count. We didn't miss a death yet, did we? We did. But, I mean, I, I assume we were tallying them That's up at right. the end of the yes. episode, but Stop. we did miss the garroting at the start. Do you want to play yes. that one now? Let's go ahead and get the old, let's get that death on there. Gatsana Malanga! <laughs> Gatsana Malanga, indeed. So 77 um, on the death so far. Oof, wow. Yeah, so uh, goodbye, Melfi. Um, I, I don't want to speculate on if we'll see her again. Cause I, I, like I've been in this haze gym where I'm like, ah, oh, Sopranos can no longer be spoiled. And I'm on the Wikipedia and it's like <laughs> final appearances, this uh, character, this character, yes. I'm like, oh, and I'm yeah. scrolling away. So I don't know. I don't want to say anything about it. If she's going to be in the next one or not, we'll just leave it. Yes. Um, and move on for now. Um, so we have the botched murder and they're all speaking Ukrainian, but, uh, you know, it's all Greek to these Italians and they just, uh, <laughs> Shoot the hell out of them, and it is it is I guess um, Phil's Guma. This is Phil's Guma and her dad. Am I understanding that right? Yeah, I wasn't clear on that actually until I yeah I, was, I think I was perusing the uh, the wiki myself, and yeah, they were like, it's uh, I guess it's that extra parallel that her, Phil's Guma he looks like her dad. So yeah. you know, make of that what you will. <laughs> yeah, maybe she needs some of that therapy, am I right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have an actual game of telephone following where the assassins are calling um, the Italian-speaking drug addict guy who's in his office, a.k.a. a porn video shop, and um, sort of talk about the Ukrainian. He's kind of like, whatever. Passes it on again uh, to Patsy. Is that his name? Yeah, Patsy. Yep. Yeah. And and, yeah, there's just a lot of like, so did they, you know, did he speak speak Ukraine? Then everyone's just like, how the fuck should I know? No one (laughs) wants to follow up on this or look into it at all. They're just like, great. Mission successful. We did it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we get a scene at Vesuvio's. Uh, where Tony tells Carmela that he's not going back to therapy and she sort of downplays it a bit. Uh, she wasn't doing you much good anyway. Would you agree, Jim? Uh, I would disagree. I think mm. she was doing him uh, she's doing him pretty well. Although I guess to Melfi's point, he was becoming a better uh, criminal as well. But I think we, we made we did make some progress with Tony, but I think it's also argued he's a worse person now than he was in the beginning. So maybe she wasn't doing him any good. (laughs) Yeah, fair. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, they talk about Meadow and how she's not going to be in law anymore. And Carmela says that, uh, you know, does compassion really come naturally to her anyway? Patience? Well, actually, I'm not so sure. And before that, doesn't Tony say AIDS? (laughs) Doesn't (laughs) Yes, yeah. yes, that's right. Why they're happy. We're so relieved. It's great because they're like, oh, is she not doing uh, medical school anymore? And obviously, well, I'm not sure about Carmilla, but I assume they're both like, oh, fuck. Yes. But they're like, oh, we're so relieved. And the first thing Tony can think of is like, you know, with the AIDS and all. <laughs> it's great not to be a doctor when there's AIDS. Yeah, and then Carmela, I yeah, we were talking about this before we started recording because she, she starts talking about, yeah, her empathy and... You know, oh, does she have it in her? And then Tony's just like, what? Well, but but I, I forgot that I was also like, what? When Tony was talking about AIDS. <laughs> so yes. they don't have their stories straight, clearly. <laughs> and yeah, it's clearly not a... They're not that excited about it. But then again, I guess there could be potential if she's a criminal law. Maybe she could help Tony down the line. Who knows? 
Yeah. So, like, when Carmela says that, that uh, Meadow maybe doesn't have the em- empathy or compassion or whatever, Tony's like, what are you talking about? And it's not, it's not addressed, yes. um, I guess, because they're in front of Artie uh, and that. But uh, do you think, like, does Carmela actually think this or is she just spinning a yarn? I think she's spinning a yarn. I think they're okay. both, uh, you know, let down, you know. I don't know. I'm pretty sure a... Tony's actually concerned about the AIDS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I guess that's her more elaborate take than just, you know, the AIDS scare that you might get AIDS because you're a doctor. Yeah. Um, And I mean, similarly, they lie about AJ because they ask how AJ's doing. They're like, oh, he's good. He's good. He's good. And they're like, great. And they're all just smiling and nodding. And feels like a far cry from not that they've ever been that close, but like. You know, it's not like they're they're actually sharing anything here. They're just putting up yeah. appearances. Well, you know, yeah, I didn't even really think of it that way until now. But it's definitely a departure from the relationship. I mean, the, they they went to high school together, and like you said, it's not like they were super close, but it was much more of a closer relationship than what we're seeing here. Yeah, and I I get the feeling when I'm watching this episode that characters are kind of coming on stage doing their bows. Uh, I don't know if we'll see Artie again, but it felt like much, you know, similar to the Melfi's scene that they're kind of like coming up. Here we are. Remember us, us two characters. And we're going to see where like this is us checking out and uh, we're checking out at a point where we're less close than we ever were. And things are still kind of superficial and, you know, whatever. And that's that's the end of our (laughs) storyline. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. See you later. Uh, so then what, Paul, I think what, Paulie and Silvio get the news. Oh yeah. Cause they're kind of like, yes, we did it. And then they literally get the news. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> newspaper. Hey, who's oh murmur shows up. Murmur's still hanging around. That's his bow. <laughs> I assume. Yeah. <laughs> assume we're not going <laughs> to guess see he's him. there. <laughs> and he's like, who's this guy look like? Ah, isn't this hilarious? Um, so yeah, that didn't quite go as planned. And yeah, then, I mean, the, the camera movement up from the newspaper to their dumbfounded faces definitely <laughs> has, like, a comedic, we are just a crew, not a proper family, because we were, like, are finding out from the newspapers, oh, no, we whacked the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very, going back to the old sitcom callback we used to always bring up, but yeah, very sitcom-y. Yeah. And uh, so Tony's draining the pool, and, I mean, the pool's been very important, and here we are coming at the end. I mean, obviously, it's probably related to the you know uh, not only the weather, but AJ did try to drown himself in that pool, hiding his yep. belt, getting rid of the big pool, so so he can't jump in there. And of course, it's always been very close to Tony's take on his family uh, and his like fear of loss between the ducks and how that was their home. But now yep. here he is uh, draining the water from it, and uh, Janice. Janice shows up, and this is where we get some news about Junior, and he's running out of money. And, you know, is Tony going to help? Uh, of course not. I don't think so. We, what does he throw, like a $5 bill or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird because uh, it's like the whole episode's been showing, like, Bobby's in the in crowd. He's, like, one of the three making decisions and making things happen. And then this is kind of like a step back because Tony's yelling after her about like the, you know, oh, he's worried about Uncle June who tried to kill me or whatever. Um, and it's almost like that we just reverse it in order to make it more shocking when he dies or whatever. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. What do you feel? Because she could have come and asked about that anyway, uh, I guess. But 
I don't know. He never would have said yes um, to that. Um, well, I think it's also, I mean, I do think it does tie into AJ's facility a bit and how he's paying that bill. Um, yeah. But it also just another, it's another person, uh, especially for focusing on Tony and people in his life. You know, Chris is gone. Bobby's about to be gone. Junior's kind of been gone, but this is just solidifying that that's there's that's not going to be changing anytime soon. Uh, there's no, you know, even going back to like Livia putting her in a retirement community, like he's not that guy anymore. Uh, yeah. And like you said, the pool, obviously, like one of the main uh, thematic touchstones where not only are the ducks gone, there's also now no water. Um, and I mean, the ducks as in his family. And now, because I thought when, like I said, when AJ looked out the window and looked at it, I just thought, wow, what a callback of him looking at the pool. And then he tries to drown himself in it. And I'm like, dumb, double callback. Um, and now they're getting rid of the, the water. So there's not even, there's just an empty hole in the ground where once there was a family, just like the Sopranos. Yep, yep. And Silvio comes, gives Tony the news, and they uh, they don't go down, they don't go downstairs this time. They go in the garage, it looks like. But yeah. this is where Tony's like, all right, we need to get the word out. We got to tell everyone, you know, everyone's got to lamb it, I suppose, because, you know, imminent attack. And, you know, it, it telegraph the Bobby thing's so telegraphed, but like that's what makes it more uh, intense, I guess, or suspenseful because. Well, yeah, because it builds up and, he, and you're just shouting at the screen like, yes. put down the stupid fucking train. <laughs> yeah, he leaves his fucking cell phone in the car. I remember a time when you would just leave your phone somewhere. Ah, no. that would never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's got to go look at like an eight thousand dollar train card or whatever and i guess maybe this scene is here to for you to go yeah maybe it deserves to be shot spending <laughs> that money on that train card people are starving man bobby come on well i think it's also a nice um because i mean what we've seen of bobby since has been more cold and a little different so it's a, it's also kind of a nice reminder that that you know lovable lug is still there somewhat, and he's even a little bum, like when the guy brings up his kid and he's like ah oh, my kid doesn't like these like but I feel like yeah. there's a little he's a little bummed about that but it's still something special that he likes uh, these dumb little trains I mean I have a lot of dumb things I collect and maybe spend too much money on so I can relate uh, and then yeah this is where we get the title from right it's the the blue comet is the um, the, the train that train, he's buying yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's passenger train is operated Central Railroad in New Jersey, ran between Atlantic City and Jersey City from 1929 to 1941. Uh, the uh, interior and the train's locomotive and passenger car as well as interior stylized in blue. And yeah, he's trying, he's buying the blue Comet model. Decides to go for eight thousand dollars. That is insane, though. Yeah, is not you can stay in like a psychiatric facility for like a week for that. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, this scene is—I uh, mean, it, it's wonderfully put together and edited because, like we said, it's telegraphed in order for them to build up the tension of it. Because even watching it, if you're like, you know, shit's about to go down, but it's also like it's totally Sopranos to subvert your expectations and have Bobby like 
survive and tony gets shot and the last episode's all about bobby (laughs) not that they would do that but like along those lines you'd think that he could survive so there's a lot of tension in the scene a lot of close-ups like they put the camera on the train and the train's running around as the guys are walking up and we're seeing things through mirrors and then when the shooting starts even better and we're seeing like close-ups of the little figurines in the train world it's just uh great wonderfully put together and then you know the train gets shot and he gets shot and it's just general panic and disarray and i i just love the way they they shot it uh shot him yeah i should say yep then they drop the gun just leave and uh that's poor bobby and then yeah then we kind of cut back to silvio with patsy um they're they're at the bing they're about wait before we move on i gotta say as well with the end of this scene like it would easily be over the top because he gets shot and he falls over and then a train goes off the tracks in slow motion and falls to the ground and crashes. <laughs> and it's like something that feels so over the top, but I guess it's all the little subtle moments in The Sopranos that allows these things to work so well as well, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Or, you know, they, they stop just short of having the train fall on him. <laughs> yeah, like, like when it goes off the track and it fall on his dead body. Like, oh, here's your train, motherfucker. <laughs> yep. And like you said, we, we go to Silvio and, and Patsy. And he, Silvio's packing up shop. And, like, they're hightailing it out of there. Let's go. Let's go. And uh, shit just starts going down like crazy. And at this, like, originally I, I thought... Silvio's dead, but then they say he's in the hospital, and yeah. uh, I'm not sure it's confirmed in this episode, so I guess we'll have to leave him off the counter for now anyway, but yeah. Oh, yeah fucking uh, I almost shit. forgot. We do need to add... Um, Bobby. We, we need to add Bobby to the counter. I'm sorry. Good. Yeah. Are you doing it? Yeah, here we go. Gotcha, <laughs> So yeah, now we're at 78 to 18. He looks, Sylvia looks extremely dead when they pull up and like in, in uh, or there's a shot of when he's like in the car. I think, yeah, they even look in on him and check like, yep, he looks super dead. Uh, but yeah, they do say he's in the hospital. I don't think it's confirmed this episode. Yeah, uh, they so I guess we got to leave it. They say he's in a coma or potentially in like a permanent coma or something like that. So, but you're right. The way the shot is and it, they drive by, he's, he looks so dead. Well, speaking of people who looked at, what about that motorcyclist? Is he going on the board? <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, the Sopranos session book like focuses on this thing of how when the shootout happens, you see like the strippers and the patrons and everything, they're watching, and then like when the guys turn to them, they run away. But yeah. then when the guy in the motorcycle <laughs> crashes and they're back outside watching, like they came back out, they got to see like this part of it too. Um, and I mean, they get into this big thing about like, oh, that's us. We're the audience. We just want to see the bad stuff happen. But I just thought it was a funny little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the motorcycle uh, thing thematically just ties it together with how regular people are always the ones yes. suffering the most from all of this <laughs> bullshit going on, which is something we've seen consistently throughout. Uh, so I think it, you know, besides just adding a bit of random chaos, it also emphasizes that again. That guess what? Tony's still fine at the end of this episode, but some guy who was in the wrong place is dead now. Probably, <laughs> I'm gonna say he's dead, Jim. I want him on the counter. That's just me though. Yeah, he gets hit by a car as well. He does get run over, doesn't he? He does. Do we put him on Fair. the counter? <laughs> I don't know. Wikipedia said he was dead, but what does Wikipedia know? 
Ah, they do call them. Um, well, we didn't put them. We didn't even put the father and the mistress on the counter. We got to put them on there too, don't we? There's just too many deaths, Jim. I'm I'm in in mourning. I can't keep track of it all. Yes, two deaths for the Ukrainian uh, dad and daughter. But you know, if we're First. we we got to put the motorcycle guy too. Let's do so it. So we got to put three. <laughs> we got to put three more deaths real quick. Bear yep. with us. Gatsada Malanga. Gatsada Malanga. Malanga. All right. <laughs> it's definitely one of the deadliest episodes yes. of The Sopranos, which I guess is what everyone's been waiting for, as we referenced at the start. Yeah, I completely like. I've been spacing. I've been dropping the ball on death counters because I completely forgot about the stupid uh, mistress and mistress dad. Because though well, they're like no question, they have to go up. The motorcyclist reminded me, but I'm like, yeah, you know what? That motorcyclist, he's dead. And you know, we should it basically. Silvio's dead. I'm sure there's just a thing where David Chase is like, nah, I love um, Stevie Van Zandt so much. Like, I'll put him in the hospital, but I could never kill him. All right. Well, I don't know, Jim. Yeah, we'll I'll, see. You I'll, never know. I'll, I want to wait for the next episode, and then we'll probably put him on the counter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, when I did text you originally, the uh, this is so depressing to me picture, it was like, Bobby, sell! Because <laughs> uh, I was tearing my hair out. Like, uh, don't let my calm demeanor now fool you. Yeah. I was uh, not happy with all this stuff going down. And Sill just really puts it over the top. Like, Bobby, obviously, yeah. it's heartbreaking because, you know, he's, all, like, again, he's always been more of, like, a lovable lug. But Sill, like... You know, he's been there from the beginning and it's just it's it really feels like things are things are ending when you see poor Sill uh, in the car like that. So, yeah, it's rough, rough yeah. goings. A feeling that's reinforced as we go into the scene of Tony coming home and having to have this conversation with Carmela that she's probably imagined having a bunch of times and he's imagined having a bunch of times where he basically goes, right, we're going to have to leave now because people are trying to kill me and i'm gonna send you guys somewhere and i'm gonna go somewhere and don't worry it'll all just settle down and uh yeah this is where we get aj as well being very depressed tony pulls him around throws some clothes at him tells him to pack or whatever uh, yeah. so yeah yeah charmaine's looking at their italy pictures i guess they had a lost roll of film remember rolls of film um ah, yes and I do like that. Like, it's intercut with that, and then she, you know, kind of gets the gist of what's happening. And, you know, Tony has to say, like, oh, they don't, you know, families are off limits. But it's like, yeah, but who knows? Who knows? You know, Phil might decide maybe families aren't off limits. They're technically not a family. They're a glorified crew. Yep. <laughs> Tony and Carmilla and Meadow and AJ, <laughs> they're not a family. Okay. Glorified cousins, if you will. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, and going back to AJ here in this scene, because it's like, I get it. I mean, he's going through stuff. We know he's going through real things, but he also, at this point, is self-aware enough of who Tony is. I mean, it was season one when he got the basic gist of it. He's lived in this life a long time. Things are real now, and people's lives are in danger. We don't have time for you to wallow uh, in yourself uh, and make it about you. So, yeah, throw him around. Throw some clothes on him. <laughs> let's get the fuck yeah. out of here when when he says this like he says like uncle bobby's dead and he's just sinking in and then he says this is really depressing to me but even with that it's kind of like 
yeah, it's fucking because Tony's then is like, yeah, he was a good guy, and then AJ goes, I was already having so much trouble maintaining. Yeah, like I, I was already this, and I was already that, and uh, so I don't, you know, you can't really blame Tony for whipping him around and that, uh, throwing some clothes at him. Though I would hope for him to say something like, "It's not about you." Like you kind of want to get that, but instead he just yells at him that he won't need no sandals or resort wear because you're going somewhere bad. Uh, and then what they go to, and so there's a last shot there when Tony looks at the computer and they've been really obsessed with like, what is, what is AJ watching on the news and on the internet? And I guess he's just looking at news again and a global terrorism analysis and whatever. And I think that shot and the, the look that Tony has afterwards, cause we're always going to remember about the containers and how obsessed he got with them for a little bit, Tony. So it's gotta be something there where again, he's, he's the echo of himself in AJ and I feel like that's even more of a justification for him internally to sort of throw AJ around a bit because he, you know, dislikes himself and his way of thinking in the same way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, he's look now he's looking at it and they're um, it's now it's all about China and you know uh, forest modernization, doctrine and training, global terrorism analysis, China briefing. Uh, yeah, so yeah, and and it completely ties in with. We've always talked about how AJ is Tony. So for these people that are always like, AJ's such a pussy, bro. It's like, yeah, but that's because Tony's a pussy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know you think he's so tough and cool, but he's a pussy. And we all yeah. are. <laughs> Agreed. So uh, what happens after that? I think they just pack up pack up some food and shit we and get, go to a house. They go to uh, the old Johnny Sack house, which is now the Janice and Bobby house. But, you know, they're reacting to... Bobby's poor kids are stuck with Janice. Uh, they lost oh, yeah. their mom, and now you're like that's got to be the we- never mind just having Janice as your stepmom, but just in general, if all of a sudden you're with a step parent, it's like, ugh, yeah, you're not my mom, you yeah. know. <laughs> and then you have one one sibling who is their child for reals. Yes, that's right. Well, weird shit, but um, yeah, Tony uh, does the same thing with Polly and. Like we were talking about, like, uh, uh, lost my train of thought there. About, yes, about Polly and that. They, they just kind of do the same thing. Oh, yeah. And because we were talking about who's really left if you take out the top three. And basically, there's Polly, there's this guy who's a bit more pudgy, who I don't know the name of. <laughs> and that's like it. And I'm like, this is the crew. Are these the men with which you would have me defend America, Mr. <laughs> Congress? Like, what the fuck? Um, so they just go to this house, abandoned house. Is this Tony's mom's house or I thought that for a second too, but I, I guess not. Or is it, it wouldn't really, uh, make sense to go there on Wikipedia. It just says it's an old suburban safe house. Um, I believe that more. Um, I don't remember what ended up happening in there, but I mean, there's like a a cardboard cutout of Syl there. So I think it's, it's almost like Syl's with them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, they're just, I guess, using it for storage or like safe house stuff or whatever. And they like order a pizza and Tony goes to bed with a shotgun or whatever. Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't even see like muscles. Marinara is not there. Where's Benny. Benny's not there. Where's Carlo. Jesus. Carlos is there. Oh, Carlo is there. All right. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, you're right. Carlo is there. I was. I was He's the guy who suggests the pizza. Yeah, um, <laughs> good idea. 
Good idea, Carlo. Yes, and oh, I said shotgun or whatever, but I'm pretty sure he takes out the gun that Bobby gave him for his birthday, and yes. he's sort of cradling that. What a nice symbolic goodbye to Bobby. <laughs> I didn't make that connection at first, but yeah, when I was thinking about it after, I was like, oh yeah, that is the the gift. And I mean, he does, ha- and they do cut back to that. There's that quick flashback where yeah, you probably don't hear it when it happens. Um, so you know, but did Bobby hear it? Did he know? Yes, which I think is our uh, callback and reference to prepare us for the inevitable cut to black, uh, which we'll get into, not next episode, because next episode we're talking about episode one of season one, just to kind of prolong the process and basically analyze and, and how get a feel for where were we then, where are we now, how has AJ changed, how has Tony changed, has anyone really changed, <laughs> all this stuff in next week's episode. Yes, yeah, so... Ah, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps, getting excited for the final episode. But yes, we're going to prolong that just a little bit. As Jacob said, Uh, we're going to be we're going to be Tony laying in bed with our assault rifle for just a little bit longer. And we're going to you know what? We're going to be Tony as he drifts off to sleep and dream has a dream of the pilot (laughs) (laughs) before we wake up uh, in the finale. So (laughs) I got to say, like. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's been a process. It's been a, a real long process. And thanks for not spoiling it, everyone. Because uh, you know, when a, when a sh- huge show like this is actually on TV, it's like a huge cultural moment. And the ending of it is always like a massive thing. And um, I mean, maybe I'm getting emotional ahead of time, but it's been really great. Uh, getting to have this together with everyone following along for the ride and i always figured i missed out on the sopranos you know even one summer a few years ago two close friends of mine they started watching it together and i was supposed to be there and i missed out on that too and i just kind of figured i missed the ride it's like what am i gonna do sit down and watch the sopranos and then go like oh my god do you believe this thing from the sopranos to myself like (laughs) this whole experience and then just do nothing uh with it don't talk to anyone about it or just why is this weirdo Jacob wanting to talk about the Sopranos? It's been like 10 years. Um, but yeah, I, I was that weirdo. And thanks for, for being weird with me and for coming along and everything. And uh, please do send your thoughts on the finale to shows what you know show at gmail.com. Yeah, it, that means it was meant to be. That just means it was meant to be because it's like you weren't meant to watch it with those two friends. Yeah. And you just knew, like, you had a feeling in the back of your head, it's like, you know, there's, I'm not ready yet. There's going to be a time for me in The Sopranos, so we'll get there. So true. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, please send any emails to showswhichyouknowshow at gmail.com. You can hit us up at showswhichyouknow on Twitter. That's shows what letter you, not the word you, know on Twitter because uh, there's yeah, a character, character limit. limit. So <laughs> I know it's kind of hard, but you can find it. And, of course, you can find our other shows at showswhichyouknow.com. Indeed. Follow us at Jacob Burrows and at Jim Darko as well. Why not? Yes. And besides that, I just have one more thing to say, Jim. Ooh, what, what's that? Cut to black. <laughs>